0: That how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner.
1: Get in the know, nonstop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com.
2: All right, Purple Daily on draft every Monday on the Purple Daily YouTube channel where we just want to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl before we die. Of course, uh, every Monday we do Purple Daily on draft with our friend Tyler Fornis. And at one time, Thor Nystrom Thor Nystrom uh, is moving on to bigger and better things. We're really excited for Thor, and uh, we're actually going to be pivoting this show in a new direction. In fact, we're adding uh, basically a third stringer, if you will, Tyler. We're adding like QB3 on the depth chart here. I don't know. I don't want to be QB1. I like. I actually like being the backup quarterback. It means I can just prepare, and if I have to start in a pinch, mm-hmm. and I'm like Gus Ferrat and I win player of the week, that's totally okay with me, but I don't want the full responsibilities of being QB1 uh so instead i'm okay being dante culpepper okay let's, let's
1: just be real here
2: all right so we're all four vikings i'll be the backup i'm your gus Ferrat to your dante if i step in and win player of the week that's also totally okay with me but like don't give me 16 games necessarily um but yeah thor uh, has been a part of purple daily for like the last year plus he's actually moving on to bigger and better things we're super excited for thor uh but in the meantime we're going to welcome a new addition to the purple daily on draft party it is miles gorham
0: miles What's up, pal? What's going on? I, I guess I'll take the, like, what, Jaron Hall of this group? That, that's cool <laughs> with me, the, the guy that develops behind everybody. I'm, I'm cool with that. About to
2: say, I think everyone kind of knows the role of where they fall in the QB packing order right now, and that's okay. No one's, no one's gunning for someone else's job. Everyone knows exactly who they are, so that's, uh, yeah. that's totally okay with me. Miles, you've been with uh, Climbing the Pocket. Uh, where else have uh, people found your work before, too? Is this there or Daily Norseman? I always forget here.
0: Yeah, daily Norseman climbing the pocket, um, a little bit of both there, and then done some work across. Um, you know, yeah, mainly mainly climbing the pocket's been the the staple though. Nice, man. Well,
2: Miles, we're Jack to have you on here. We're still keeping Purple Daily on Draft as is, so this is still a Minnesota Vikings draft centric show where we take a look at upcoming draft picks, college football prospects, uh, Vikings rookies and second year players, and we're still taking that idea. And this will still be here every Monday, right here on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. So Miles, really excited. Uh, to have you on here, man. This is going to be a blast. Appreciate it. So let's get it started here, boys. Uh, I sent you guys a text last night, and now that we're kind of like pseudo halfway through training camp, we've seen a preseason game. um, I would love to know, now that we've had a little bit of a sample size from last year's class and some rookies from this year's class already making an impact, I want to know the three most impactful players that will make a difference for the 2023 Vikings from the last two draft classes. We're going to go one by one here to a degree. So, Forno, I'm going to start with you, and it might be an obvious one with a bullet, but regardless, I'd love to hear your number one player from the last two draft classes that is going to make the biggest impact for this year's Vikings team.
1: Without a doubt, it's Ed Ingram. And the reason why it's Ed Ingram is because, one, he's going to be a starter, and two, the interior of that offensive line really struggled last year. And I think you can uh, equate some of it to two different parts. One, the offense itself, but really Kevin O'Connell trying to utilize route concepts that take a little bit longer to develop and you saw kirk being really patient in the pocket waiting for those to come open and one of the one of the really key identifiers and plays that you can relate back to to kind of show this is that fourth and eight play against the giants where you're basically running like like a similar version to like nine eight nine where you got two guys going deep you got a guy kind of crossing over the middle waiting for those to come open sometimes can take a little bit of time. And when you have a poor interior, that really exposes yourself a little more than if you're running like a traditional West Coast offense where you're doing like a just little quick pops within like the the first 10 yards. Think like Bill Wall's 49ers or for the younger audience, like when Jeff Garcia was running the offense, like just little quick timing routes closer to the line of scrimmage. That's not what Kevin O'Connell was doing a lot. He was trying to get and really dominate that, in, that intermediate part of the field, which is where if you can dominate it, that's where you're going to have the most success in the NFL. That's why the Chiefs have been so good because, yeah, Mahomes is great, and he makes all these wild deep throws, but they dominate 10 to 19 yards. That is the money spot right now in the National Football League, and that, that's kind of what he was trying to do. And when you look at the interior, if Ed Ingram just becomes average, we're not even asking him to be great. If he just becomes average, this Minnesota Vikings team can go to another level because they were asked to block a little bit longer than others. Like, yeah, the pressure rates were up, plus the running game stunk. And the, the transition to more Shanahan inspired running attack, plus Dalvin Cook being out of the building. I don't love Alexander Madison. I think he's average, but Dalvin just didn't have it from a down to down perspective. And Madison will even though he's not going to give you any form of the flair that Dalvin did Ed Ingram. I, I wrote about it for Vikings wire. He's fine. And he got way too much blame for how poor the offensive line looked at times on Thursday night, but he needs to take a step. And if he does, this offense can flourish to a new level. It certainly seemed like uh, him getting run in the at first preseason game.
2: Everyone kind of had some eyebrows raised because the rest of the line was getting the night off. And a lot of the other day one starters uh, were obviously off for the for the first preseason game. But then the fact uh, that he has to play with, yeah, kind of back up and slappies that doesn't help him a bit. I like your point, though, that even though he had a rough rookie season, if he takes the next step forward, that entire offensive line takes the next step forward. And you're not just talking about a leaky spot. You're talking about four to five positions, if not all five being pretty average at best and with a couple tackle positions being above average makes your offensive line a lot better. So i like Ed Ingram uh, as number one with your first bullet. All right, Miles, how about you, man? All right, was Ingram number one for you? Did you have a different player uh, for number one as the most impactful player from the last two classes? Fire away, man. I friend. did have,
0: I did have a different player. Um, I think, I think Ed Ingram was a good one. He was on my list too, though. I think obviously that impact matters and I think he has a step to take. So um, I think that's a good one, but for me, it's, it's Jordan Addison. I think, um, when you talk about impact, I think wide receiver has an opportunity to create an instant impact. I think what we've seen over the last handful of years with the Minnesota Vikings is that that wide receiver position has been so important to how this the offense in general has been able to roll. And I think you take it back to the Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen duo back um, up to the Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson duo. The Vikings have always had a one a one B type receiver duo um, in Minnesota for the last, what, six, six, seven years. So, I think it's just an important um, aspect to this offense of so taking it to that next level. And I think Addison, because of, you know, I think Thielen took kind of a step back last year and um, K.J. Osborne took a step up and then they brought in K, uh, T.J. Hawkinson. But I think that second wide receiver, that one B position is really wide open for the Vikings and they really need a guy to come in and um, solidify that role and who has high upside. And I think Addison can do that. He's a guy that can, can create with the ball in his hands. He wins off the line of scrimmage and he's, his route running is really good, especially as a rookie. Um, for how young he is I think he's the guy that um, early in the season for the Vikings he's going to really help raise that floor of the of the offense but he also has an opportunity to really raise that ceiling to t- kind of take it to that next level because the offense has kind of been um, stagnant was stagnant last year at times and, and they weren't as consistent as they needed to be so I think um, Addison has an opportunity to really help move the chains and and just be that guy that can take some of that attention away from uh, Justin Jefferson so I think um, when you have a guy like that who can hit you at all three levels of the field. Um, and to, to Tyler's point earlier about the, the intermediate, I think Addison's really good in that intermediate range as well. And I think he can find the soft zones um, spots in the zone can again, can win and win, win against man coverage as well. So I think, and Kirk flourishes in that he flourishes in the, in the intermediate zones. And I think so it just gives you another option there um, to go with guys like TJ Hawkinson and KJ Osborne. So I think he really can really, and then you project forward, I think that he really gives you that opportunity to be that one B option, maybe not quite as early in 2023, but I think as the season goes on, he'll really solidify himself as that guy.
2: Turn my mic on Uh, Jordan Addison doesn't have to step in and be the man right away per se, because he's, because he's so far down, like the options per, you know, to a degree with, with this Vikings offense with Justin Jefferson being the guy and TJ Hawkinson being a, a top tight end and, you know KJ has kind of taken a nice step forward into a really solid wide receiver so you're not asking Jordan Addison to step in right away and be the number one guy on like a bad team or on a team that that has higher aspirations you're actually having him kind of middle in the pack of the pecking order however with the offense staggering out a little bit last year there was a lot of long drives not a lot much of a home run threat and can something else be sprinkled in here to make your offense go over the top i don't know if that's necessarily Jordan Addison being the home run threat but does the attention get taken away from Um, You know, guys like him, because Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson are being doubled. And now you have a big uh, wide open, big play potentially for Jordan Addison. And it's wide receiver, you know, as much as um, unfortunately, sometimes sometimes those offensive line guys don't get the love because they're not making big splash plays or not putting up fancy football numbers. Well, the thing that I can actually you can see a lot and that takes your offense over the top is another elite wide receiver. We're seeing that with Cincinnati. Um, We've seen that with Miami. We're seeing other teams kind of adapting, having as many weapons as possible. Saw it with the Rams even when they won their Super Bowl. So can you add Jordan Addison as like this little special ingredient into the offense? Uh, it could be great. Porto, when when you think Jordan Addison in this offense, do you, do you think he has the big playability to stretch the field more, I guess? How do you also see him fitting into this offense in 2023?
1: I have no idea how he's going to fit in the offense, and that's why I didn't include him on my list, because you have Justin Jefferson, you have TJ Hawkinson, Josh Oliver is going to be on the field a lot. And we saw a little piece of that on Thursday when he was just burying guys uh, underground. It, it's I'm really intrigued to see him as a pass catcher. The little bit I've seen of him at practice, he does a really good job adjusting the football. He runs pretty well for a guy, his size and it, something we've talked about on the show. Declan is coming out of San Jose state. He was a guy to beat you up the seam. That was his specialty. He was not a blocker. Now he's a blocker, and now you can, in theory, combine the two, and tight end, the adage is you're always drafting a tight end for their next team. Well, now Oliver is a Viking, and he was drafted by the Jaguars in 2019, so you kind of have that built into, but to me, the big roadblock is going to be 12 personnel and K.J. Osborne. Osborne's not super talented when you talk about being a wide receiver. What he is is an incredibly hard worker, and he's built up the technical side of things. He's an okay-ish athlete. He doesn't get a lot of separation, but the dude is a grinder, and he's kind of reminiscent of Adam Thielen in a way. Thielen was a better athlete than Osborne, but guy that just comes in, busts his butt, has the respect of everybody in that building, and they've talked about it. Uh, Kevin O'Connell has spoken about how hard he works, and you've seen like evidence of that, and I think that's going to be really hard for a guy like O'Connell, no matter how good Addison is, to put a guy like Osborne on the bench because he's performed and he does all the little things really well. So I'm, I'm hesitant to believe no matter how good Addison's been and that he's going to really be that much of an impactful player considering everything else going on around him. And that's not his fault. It's there's so many different factors to this conversation. And I think Osborne and, the cachet he's built up within the organization from what we can see from an outside perspective is going to be a major hindrance in him getting on the field as much as maybe he probably should. And it's going to be something really intriguing to watch. Osborne's not going to be on this team next year. He's going to get that 10, 11 million bucks from somebody. It's not going to be the Vikings, but it's, it's going to be worth watching how early Addison really does get a lot of run with this offense.
0: I will be interested, Tyler. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Declan. Just more asking the question of how you feel um, with that 12 personnel. I wonder this, this team's identity is going to be passing the ball. Just when you have a guy like Justin Jefferson, as, as elite as he is, Kirk cousins, um, TJ Hawkinson. I do wonder how KJ Osmond is going to fit on the outside. I think he's a really good slot receiver, but I I think Addison brings a little bit more of a dynamic on the outside that I don't think KJ brings. But I will be interested to see how that plays out. To your point, I think it's going to be a an exciting like way to blend them all together because we know JJ's the do all everything guy. But what do those two guys complement him and how they how they complement him?
1: I think that's a very fair point. He's he's a little bit more of a power slot, but yeah, a lot yeah. of a lot of formations that O'Connell likes to run. They they do they keep guys bunched and they keep guys yeah. in like a congested area. And I think with twelve you're probably going to see a little bit of that. You'll see like, mm-hmm. Hey, you'll have Hawkinson, Jefferson and Osborne all line up on one side and Oliver on the other. And then you can get uh, Osborne in that kind of slot role. And I think Pre-releases too. some of that is going to make, make things a little bit easier for him in that sense.
0: That's a good point.
1: All right. Number two on your list for
2: who was uh, number two in terms of the rookies and second year players. that will make a bigger impact for the Vikings in
1: 2023. I call him a projectile missile and that's Brian with the second. He And one way I went about this list is biggest impact doesn't have to be positive. Like, and that's why Ed Ingram, I think is going to be the biggest impact because it it really could go either way. Mm -hmm. And Otomo has shown some really nice flashes, but his biggest issue is consistency. And he, when he picks the right gap and he sees things and he's seeing things a lot better than last year, when he sees things, it's like somebody uh, is, has a shotgun at the gun range and shoots at the target it's it's really incredible how fast he gets downhill and how explosive he is and that's an incredible thing the problem is and we we've, we've seen this if he if he needs to hit the a gap and he hits the b gap instead that run can go for 20 plus yards and that's going to be the biggest differentiator for this defense's success is a guy like Asamoah. Now you have Hicks whose essentially entire job is to be a run fitter. And he's very good at it. He's a bigger body. He knows how to stack and shed, and he knows how to attack those specific gaps. But Asamoah can take it from a two yard gain and make it a two yard loss in the backfield because of his explosiveness. He needs to be smarter within himself and see the field better when he does that with any form of real consistency and prevents those big plays from happening behind him, that's when you're going to see a massive shift in this defense because you're going to be able to utilize him in those blitz packages. And you're going to be able to have him shoot gaps like crazy. There is a play that Lewis seen made on Thursday night where he was on the other side of the field. He wasn't even supposed to be involved. in And this is why like you talk about, Hey, this kind of guy kind of looks like Harrison Smith. He's over here f- like 510 yards off the line of scrimmage on the left and he sh- shoots himself like a projectile over to the right and hits the running back in the hole. Doesn't get the tackle, but that type of play seen and are going to be able to make those and that that kind of aggressiveness, that kind of skill set is going to separate this defense and be able to take them from 31st to potentially like 20th. Like mm-hmm. we're not asking for like uh, Brian Flores to become god and make miracles here. We're asking him to be good enough. And I think that's what we're looking at.
2: Yeah, you want to see Brian Osmo take this chance, and Ivan Pace has obviously threatened him a little bit, which I guess is uh, a good thing. Even though uh, he was undrafted, he's still been making a huge impact. He might end up being a starter for him. Osmo showed some flashes, um, obviously, last year a little bit too, and there was, I think, a lot of high expectations for him in camp. And he might still be a good player, but Ivan Pace might just be outperforming him right now, which I guess is good if you have depth there. But it is interesting to see potentially an undrafted guy basically – Succeeds someone that we thought was going to be a lock to be an immediate starter in this defense. So I like Osamoa as well. To your point, it answers questions long term too. So it's not just necessarily Osamoa being an impactful player, whether he's starting or on the bench. It answers a long term question for the Vikings that at a very a pretty important position too. Uh, Miles, how about you, man? Number two on your list.
0: Yeah, I'm going with a with a similar idea to what Forno had, is and more around like good or bad. The impact is going to be there. A um, Caleb Evans, I think he's the guy that. You know the Vikings brought in Byron Murphy. They got rid of Patrick Peterson, and they've kind of turned over that cornerback room. And I think that cornerback room in itself has been not, hasn't been good the last few years for the Vikings. And I think they desperately need um, some guys to step up and play and 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 become major impacts for this defense to be to get even to like average or even slightly below average because they've been bad on the last handful of years. So I think Caleb Evans again could go both ways, but I think everything we've heard from him the last few year, the last uh, over this offseason is. How much he's really um, adjusted to this new scheme? How aggressive this scheme is with uh, with Brian Flores, and I think his size and um, his athleticism is, is really key there. So I think I'm excited to see how he uh, how he handles that. And I think he's a guy that could could really solidify that position next to Byron Murphy, and that could make that impact to making this bad defense into an, just even a below average defense, just by being um, you know even average or even slightly below average. If he can just be a slightly below average to an average cornerback. That's just going to go a long way for this defense, and I think they need that because you know guys like Andrew Booth, um, they haven't really hit so far, and so I think Akil Evans, being a fourth round pick in 2022, um, has a chance to to solidify that position next to Byron Murphy and and be a guy that can, um, as long as he does he he doesn't over tackle or you know ta- doesn't tackle his head the way he was last year, has a little bit more form with that. He just has a chance to be a guy that is that big outside physical corner that this this team's needed um, for the last few years.
2: You know, I saw Kevin O'Connell say he's getting reps every day with J.J., so he's going against him, basically, and he battled a ton of concussions last season, but it's a position of pretty much the biggest, I think, unknown for the Vikings is defensive back, just because you have Byron Murphy Jr., who's going to be stepping in here and playing a lot of reps, but he wasn't necessarily a star at Arizona. He might be a really good player here in Minnesota, but there's just a complete unknowns at cornerback, and you have a lot of dart throws, I feel like, with so many different cornerback, defensive back options. And you're kind of throwing it at the wall, per se, and seeing what sticks, what's not going to stick. And for right now, it's definitely tracking that. Caleb Evans is actually probably going to be one that could be a week one starter uh, for the Vikings. We'll see what happens with Andrew Booth and the others. But he's really stepped up here. And if he stays healthy and doesn't have the numerous concussion problems which he had last year, yeah, it actually makes that draft class from last season look a lot better, too. Pretty good player at Missouri as well. Um, so we'll, we'll certainly see if uh, he can kind of grab one of those cornerback positions and go from there. Forno. Uh, How about you, man? Let's uh, let's go to your third player on your list for impact seasons or impact Vikings players for next season.
1: This third one was really difficult to to come by because uh, there's so many different ways you can go, and I'm gonna the first two guys I I really had with just wide ends of the spectrum, and I guess this third guy kind of does too. But I think there's a real chance he ends up as RB one by the end of the year, and that's Ty Chandler. I I am. I've spoken with Madison, and I watch him at a of all things a cornhole tournament. Incredible guy. You can just tell he's he's just he's got he's got a passion for life. And when he's on the practice field, he was he's given hundred percent. But the ability, and eh, I have a lot of questions about it. He's not super explosive. Uh, his vision is questionable at best at times. And he's he's gonna grind out a few yards, but the, I kind of have that reminiscent of like a Leroy horde where like, are you going to be able to do I think he's going to be better than Dalvin Cook in the sense but the down to down consistency how are you going to be able to turn a five yard gain into an eight yard gain are you going to be able to hit a hole quick enough to be able to uh, slither through that second level and be able to make a big play and that's where I think Ty Chandler can step in because he's got 99.7 percentile explosiveness of the one 1.38 10 yard split he's got a 99th percentile like 40-yard dash at a four three eight, This dude has it. He's big enough. He's 5'11", 215. He's a phenomenal pass blocker, and he can catch the ball out of the backfield. You're asked. He can do everything, and he showed it with the second-teamers that he can do a lot of the little things well on Thursday night, and he was consistent. He showed some explosiveness. Now, with second-teamers, you're not getting, like, these just great holes to work with and you're doing a lot of super basic stuff. So what happens when you, you give him some, some of the really nice plays where you're, you're getting him set up with a lot of these wide zone runs where you're going to be able to have a really nice cutback, which is where he's going to thrive. I think Ty Chandler could make a massive impact as RB two on this team, especially because we believe this is going to be a committee. They've talked about it during the off season, and the signing of Madison does not say, Hey, we want you to come be the dude. The alpha, which is going to be very weird for the Vikings fans, because there has been an alpha running back since Chester Taylor signed here in two thousand six. Like, I think Chandler could end up being an absolute stud for this team. We'll see how things uh, kind of play out, but I am very, very bullish on Chandler. Like a lot of people have been bullish on McBride, and I'll be honest, so far the early returns on McBride they are not good. He needs time. He doesn't. He doesn't really know how to be a pass catcher or a, a like in football because he hasn't done it and some of the early returns of practice have shown that I think that he could be fine long term but right now that's Ty Chandler yeah it
2: felt like in training camp his stock kind of took a little bit of a step back because everything in the RB2 was wide open we saw Wong will be on there on the unofficial depth chart we knew Dwayne McBride was going to challenge uh, but then Chandler in the first preseason game kind of gets the bulk of the carries there and I think kind of solidified okay this guy probably is going to be uh, uh, taking a step forward as the backup running back to Madison and McBride even he didn't have a great showing in the first preseason game missed that fourth and one play he just seems small I know Pete Bursich talked about him being the bell cow kind of guy for such a long time uh, in college at UAB that now he has to be you know, the backup guy and figure out a different type of way to make an impact and it just seems like he is a long ways away from potentially be. he might make the practice squad and be a, a, a fine backup here and there but we got a little enamored by that first draft pick in the seventh round uh, from this past draft. We thought, oh, this is going to be a great pick for the Vikings, and uh, instead it looks like he has um, probably a long way to go, and Chandler actually might end up being the backup running back to Madison. Uh, Miles, how about you, man? Uh, final player on your list to make the biggest impact from a rookie or second-year player?
0: Yeah, I think, I think for me, in a, in a similar way, I said to Caleb Evans in the last, in the last round, um, I'm going to go with Mikai Blackman. I just think the early returns for him have been positive. They've really been about um, his inside in, inside out versatility, and I think they need that again. in In today's NFL, you need three cornerbacks and maybe even more than that. And the Vikings have really struggled with with their cornerback group as of late. So I think really having a guy that can come in and um, solidify a, a position early on is gonna is gonna be huge for this defense and how this defense continues to grow under Brian Flores. And so I think Makai um, Blackman he played more nickel against Seattle, but I think that was mainly because. You know the starters were out, so you had guys like Byron Murphy sitting, who's probably going to play more nickel in um in diamond um uh in uh, non-base packages and, and and things like that. So um, I'm, I'm I'm just excited to see how he continues to grow. But I think he has a chance to really be that third guy next to Caleb Evans and Byron Murphy, just because the early returns on Andrew Booth just don't seem to be good. He was playing well into the second half against Seattle, and just doesn't seem like a guy that's kind of catching on the way you'd like him to as a former second round pick a year ago. And I think Blackman as the last pick in the third round um, just shows that he really seems to understand the defense. He seems to understand where he's supposed to be. Now it's not, nothing's it's not going to be perfect on everything, but I think he's the guy that really has it up here. I think he, he understands the defense and everybody's responsibilities. And um, I think his um, flexibility and athleticism is something that, that goes a long way for where he could step in and be an outside or an inside corner. If, if you need him to be in a pinch. And I think um I think for him being able to go against a guy like Jordan Addison, who he played against in college and played with in college, um, I think that's just iron sharpening iron in terms of rookies and guys, two guys that are really going head to head all the time. And I think they're just going to help each other out. And I think um, Blackman really has a chance to solidify that position um, as that third cornerback. But maybe he takes over for Byron Murphy down the road um, because Byron Murphy's only on a two-year deal. So um, I think if he could be a guy that is like an average, you know, a slightly average you know, NFL cornerback, I think it's just going to go a long way because this defense has really struggled to find guys that can be sticky in coverage. And I think Blackman's that kind of guy that is is a sticky coverage type corner.
2: So I'm going to take all six of your guys, three from each of you, and kind of rate them as what I think could be the biggest impact for the Vikings here. Now that I have a, a good list here, I'm actually going to tag team. I'm going to put a 1A and 1B, and I'm going to put Blackman and Evans as 1A and 1B, uh, just because there are two positions that are, it's a position that the Vikings have complete unknown at, and even though the NFC North doesn't have Stafford anymore, it doesn't have Rodgers, and the Bears, who's, we'll see with J- Justin Fields, um, it's not as dangerous as a deep quarterback as it is, but it's a quarterback league, and they're playing a first-place schedule, they're playing uh, a bunch of good QBs this year, and you need good defensive backs to shut down those quarterbacks. It's hard to do. I feel like it's just it's become such an offensive league that even the slightest uh, hand grab or the slightest uh, little physicality from a cornerback or a jam just gets a flag nowadays. But that position is a big one for me. So I have Blackman and Evans as one. Uh, I have Ed Ingram. uh, To Forno's point of, it answers a long-term question. We'll figure out here pretty quick if that was the right pick or not. I know Dalton Risner's been in on a visit before, too. Um, They have some depth behind, certainly, in Ed Ingram. uh, But it answers a long-term question on that offensive line. So I like that one as well. I have Jordan Addison as four, if you will. uh, Just because he's not being asked to step in right away and be the man. But he probably, of all these guys, has the biggest chance to make the biggest impact because he plays wide receiver, because it's an offensive league, um, and he could take that offense from a fringe top 10 into potentially a top 5 if he's as good as advertised. Uh, I have Brian Osomoa at 5, just because I think Ivan Pace has now potentially trumped him. However, depth on this defense is just as important as anything, and I think with Brian Flores at the helm, whether if it's just for a season, uh, can make all the difference in the world for some of these young players who are trying to make the next step. And I have Ty Chandler six just because um, even though he uh, is in a position that is very uh, expendable and running back, you still need those type of guys. Uh, but I just think of these impact players, he might make the least in terms of success, but he's still an integral part just because they're going to be by a committee approach. I'm with Forno that I don't think Alexander Madison is just going to be this complete big bell cow. They're going to mix in a lot of these different running backs. but Chandler's still an important piece to that offense. Uh, but that's how um, that's how I rank it, guys. I like these lists. These are all good lists. These are these are good ones here. We're uh, a few weeks out, obviously from uh, from we're a little less than a month out from the week one game at against Tampa Bay at US Bank Stadium. So we'll certainly see how these depth charts uh, play out. We got joint practices also coming up uh, this week at TCO. Mackie and Judd will both be uh, live at TCO for some more breakdowns of that here on Purple Daily. So stay right here. We're gonna have plenty of coverage. Also, before I die with uh, Jesse Pierce, Judd Zolgat. I'll be filling in for Ross Brendel for the next two Mondays as well, so you'll be seeing a lot of Dex tweets here on Purple Daily, even more than usual. Uh, but Hit that subscribe button, too, for daily Minnesota Vikings entertainment. This is Purple Daily on Draft, uh, where we analyze every Vikings rookie and college football players as well. For now, we haven't done a bunch of uh, college football preview yet. We really haven't dug too deep into that realm. I think
1: we might have to do that next week if you're down for it. Fun fact, tomorrow comes Bruce Feldman's freaks list, and mm. that is one of the pinnacle articles of the year in the world of college football in the NFL draft. This I've started writing my uh, betting previews for College Football Network, and let me tell you, this this college football season looks real, real tasty.
2: Nice. Well, let's do that next week here on Purple Daily on Draft. We'll take a look at that list and uh, see what impactful players and maybe how they can be drafted uh, by the Vikings. That's what we do here on Purple Daily on Draft. Hit that subscribe button, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl. <laughs> before we die.